Welcome to the Lonely Fan Sports Show. I am Josh Anderson. This is going to be episode one of my first podcast. Hope it goes well. A little about myself. I got a broadcasting degree from Brown College that, well, no longer exists anymore. It closed down about maybe five, ten years ago. Um, Ever since then, did not do anything with it. You know, you really don't need a broadcasting degree to start a podcast, but you know, through this pandemic, I thought about doing something. You know, I like talking about sports, and, you know, there's a lot of people competing with podcasts and everything, but I'm looking more, you know, of a fan's perspective. And you know what? If people like listening and if it becomes a success, you know, I'll enjoy it. If it doesn't, you know, I'll still enjoy it. But you know what? It, 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 it's going to be a hobby, and I want to do it. So the first episode is going to be about Monster Energy Supercross, and I hope everyone enjoys this podcast. Uh, my future plans is I'm probably just going to be doing this on my own to start off with. Uh, if I can find someone to do it with me, that will be awesome, especially NFL results. Um I would like to do uh, NFL preview shows before the games, before week one, and do talk about the results after. Uh, you know, when you watch shows on ESPN, like specifically uh, ESPN First Take or Undisputed, you know, I'd actually, like the Mondays after, I would actually like to see the matchups and talk about the matchups and like go go game by game. But it's hard to see that anymore because they just talk about the drama, and they talk about, and then they go on to these mystical NBA matchups or talk about things that don't even matter. So that's kind of what I want to get to: is talk about the individual games, talk about like review the actual games themselves, get back to what sports is supposed to be. That's what I want to do. That's why that's the fans' perspective. Stop talking about stupid like NBA oh MJ versus LeBron we have covered that topic 18 million times we don't need that topic anymore we need the current games with the NFL winding down my plan is to do a preview for the wildcard weekend and then talk about the results and go through the NFL for Supercross obviously with this podcast I will do the preview for the Supercross season and then I will do reviews after the weekend, and then reviews after the NFL, and then for I will do a preview for the NHRA for the whole season, and then I will do race reviews, discuss the results, and just, I mean, for the NHRA, it's kind of hard to do previews because you really don't know, and it's just cars racing, so you just discuss the results and you go on from there, so we'll go on from that, and then, like I said, we'll do Supercross and Motocross, so that will be the schedule, and then we'll get right back into NFL season. Hopefully the pandemic is over. Um, my plan is to have fun this summer. Hopefully monster trucks and everything return this fall. We'll talk about that stuff. But stuff goes on in the summer. We'll talk about other things. We'll see some big news. The Olympics is coming up this year. I just want to have fun on this podcast. I think people want to talk about newsworthy games and get back to the games and stop talking about the lame social media drama that espn just keeps wasting their time talking about and people just want to talk the about the actual games so here we are let's go with the preview of the 2021 monster energy supercross season first up we have to talk about the interesting schedule uh, obviously with the way california and lockdowns are happening 
This season will not start off in Anaheim. You know, I was thinking about this long and hard, and I think this is going to be an interesting season. Um, I actually was going to start off talking about the schedule in itself, but I I think we'll just go right into the Monster Energy Kawasaki team. Uh, and that's going to be Eli Tomac and Adam Cincerello. Um, you know, I was going to pick AC to win the championship long and hard, but then I... St- thought long and hard about this since the season is not starting in any type of california rounds and that's where typically eli tomek struggles and we're gonna go right into houston indy and then we're gonna go to orlando daytona texas i'm gonna pick him to win the championship so you can stop listening to the podcast now if you want to no you know he is gonna go to dirt that he's good at well he's good at everything but he typically struggles in the california rounds but since he's going to go straight into where the series would where he would start winning i think this is going to benefit him and right now when you look at tomac the only part where he really struggles is his starts and he's going to have to battle cooper webb and ac who are much better than him And that's why I was leaning towards AC for much of this past fall and going to say him. But I think Tomac should win the championship this year. Overall, he is still the fastest rider. I understand this summer, well, summer slash late fall, he didn't look the greatest. But I really don't know how much training he really did. He just had a kid. He just coming off with three straight Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championships. And then he had his first Monster Energy Supercross Championship. And by all accords, he should be ready to go for this championship. Now, his last time he won a 250 class 250 class championship, he lost to Ken Roxon. Now, you could say since he's won three Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championships, he knows how to defend the title. So, when thinking about that, I believe he will defend this championship. And I think AC, as long as he's fixed his tip-over problem, will finish second in the championship. I think AC will get the second most wins and will win the championship the following season. I think this is going to be kind of a RC kind of a thing where he'll battle McGrath. Well, an RC battled McGrath, and then finally the following year, RC past McGrath. I think that's what we kind of have going on here. I may be wrong with that comparison. I'm not going to say like RC, like uh, AC is going to go on like some mystical title run, but I think that when we have a good comparison there, where AC's building and you know in AC's third year is going to be a great year for him. It's going to be hard for him to win a championship without even winning a race. It could happen. But I think Tomac, as long as he can not get any bad starts, Salt Lake, some of the starts he had in Salt Lake was pretty rough. I think Tomac will go out as a two-time champion, and this will be his final year. I I can't see him coming back another year. Uh, He said he keeps saying in press conferences a few more years, but if he wins one more championship, I think he'll go out, try to win one more outdoor, and then that's it. I think Austin Fork if Austin Forkner can win the Supercross championship and do okay outdoors, I think that we'll have AC and Forkner on the team next year. And I you know, you have to think if Cowie 
Cowie may not want to do multiple teams because, you know, Daniel Blair on his podcast kind of like wants them to do multiple teams. Uh, not necessarily multiple teams, but like like Honda has like a, a secondary team with Mortal Concepts. But Cowie, maybe maybe they want to have a like a 1A and 1B. If they want to do that, well, then you have Forkner. And if you have Forkner move up, well, that's going to be a awesome, awesome 1A, 1B. Because Forkner, I think Forkner is better than Justin Cooper. I think Forkner is better, better than Chase Sexton. I think Forkner has more of a gear than Chase Sexton. I think if you have a better comparison, comparison, I think it is a Villapoto and Dungey comparison where uh, Villapoto is Forkner and Sexton is Dungey. I think that's a wonderful comparison there, but we'll see. You you never know. But as I was saying, Tomac is a champion. I think AC will finish second in the championship. Uh, he'll get multiple wins. It's going to be interesting to see how many champion or sorry championships, how many wins Tomac could rack up. Uh, Tomac currently just passed Dungey in the all times wins list. Um, if he gets at least seven or eight more, he's going to catch up to Chad Reed and Ryan Villapoto. It's going to be hard for him to. It's going to be hard for him to catch up to Carmichael or. Well, Stewart, he'd have to race at least two more years to catch up to Stewart. But if he were to ride two more years, he definitely. But anyway, um, if he has a good year this year, he can catch up to Villapoto and Chad Reed. And that's going to be an interesting conversation to for Tomac on the all-time list because you have an interesting issue when you have an all-time debate with him because he does have to argue where he should be above, say, like Dungey. But Dungey has four championships, and uh, that, I think, outshines no matter your win totals. That's why I always view Dungey, even though you know James Stewart has like second all-time wins, Stewart just couldn't get the championship downs, and that will always hurt him in my eyes. Then we move to the second strongest team, and that is the Red Bull KTM team of... Cooper Webb and Marvin Muscan. It was announced in the offseason that Cooper Webb signed a new two-year deal. Um, for Cooper Webb, he is the number one on the team, even though they all argue that they don't have a number one team, number one on the team. Uh, I think Cooper Webb will have a great season as well. He'll have multiple wins. Uh, the reason why I don't pick him over Tomac, even though a lot of people tend to will, as will is I, I just don't think he has the raw speed. I think that's a problem. Uh, the reason why he he's a very smart rider, he knows how to position the bike and to be able to resist people getting past him. He does have this ability to match riders. Uh, we saw this last year when Tomac passed him to get to get the extra gear. But in terms of having the ability to just get up there and ride that pace, I, I don't believe is there. So I believe that he will fall short of that. And unless he keeps getting all the starts like he did in the year that he won the championship, I fully don't believe he will have the opportunity to, the, to win the championship again. Um, his teammate, Marvin Muskan, is coming off of injury. 
Um, it was a pretty big injury, injured multiple ligaments. If the Lucas Oil Pearl motocross season did not come back later because of COVID, Marvin would have missed the season. Now, he is coming into the season on the last year of his contract. Um, we don't know if he is going to extend or not, or if this is going to be the last year of his deal. Um, everyone's being a little bit vague of it. If you look at the Monster Energy Supercross rankings, a lot of people kind of like have them number ten, and it, you know a lot. It's it's. I think a lot of people kind of forget about him. You know, if he did, if he didn't have the penalty, uh, the year Cooper won his championship, maybe the championship would have went to him. But you never know. Marvin always has a way, always to not win the championship. Every time he faced Eli, he always made a mistake. So the same thing happened to Cooper Webb. It's 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 going it's going to be tough. So, and the one problem Marvin has never corrected in his career has been the whoops, and that that's a problem. He he, you know, you think after all the years he's been in the 450 class and working with DV, you think at one point he would maybe want to fix that problem, but. He has yet to fix that problem. So I think maybe a, a win or two is possible. Podiums, yes. It's going to be interesting to th see if he's fixed his knee or endurance problem. Uh, last year in the Pro Motocross Series, he would come out in the first motos extremely strong. And then there would be times where he'd be fading in moto two. Now, Supercross, much different. Doesn't use that much endurance, but... Still, it could come up as a problem later on towards the end of the 20 minutes, depending on how strong or how treacherous the track is. So we we should see. But um, it's going to be a could be a down year for Marvin. Uh, his starts are always suspect. Sometimes his starts are strong, and then sometimes they're mediocre. So it could be an interesting or down year for Marvin. And like I said, there's always the questions or not if he's going to finish his career in the GPs. He is getting older, and then with Caroli retiring, it'll be interesting to see if the KTM would be asking him to go over to Europe, but he has lived in America for such a long time. I don't know if that is even a possibility anymore. Then we are moving to the Rocky Mountain ATV team. Now remember, uh, there are some contract disputes between the team and Blake Baggett. So he is now no longer on team. There's some questions if there's some money still owed to Baggett. So we don't know if he's actually going to come back or not. Now on the Pulp MX show, there's some interesting dispute if, or well, it's being reported that he had surgery on his wrist. So he, is go he was going to miss the Supercross season anyway. That's going to make him maybe strong, stronger for outdoors. Uh, Blake has always been a rider where he'll come up strong in some aspects of races, and then there's races where he just disappears. I always found it funny, like the last two seasons, where Cooper Webb has kind of always had his number, where he'll always be next to Cooper, but he could never pass him. It, I've always, sorry, I've, not to get on that little side tangent, but I've always find that kind of funny. Either way, uh, currently on the team is Justin Bogle. Um, I have to believe that for Bogle to be on the team, the team has to like him. I hear from all the different podcasts I listen to, he has a good personality. The one thing I will say about Bogle, he has to come cheap on the contract, so the team will keep him in that way. 
he he has to stay healthy. He does have the concussion issue. Prize, he's actually going to give it a go for the season. There's people always saying that maybe he should go to the Canadian series, but truth be told that the Canadian series may not run this year due to Rockstar pulling out. Uh, people don't know that Rockstar was sold by or yeah bought by Pepsi, so you never know how that series is going to go. Plus the pandemic, there's always going to be tough for sponsorship. So we'll see. For Bogle, uh, never been the most outdoor guy, but surprisingly, a few years ago, he did win a moto, and then all of a sudden, a few races later, he did win a 450 outdoor, so he does have the talent. For Supercross, as long as he gets good starts, he could win a heat race here or there, and then he could get at least a top six to top eight, depending upon the start. So we'll see about that. Joey Savacci is the other rider to get the spot. Um, I was actually quite surprised he got that spot. I thought he was maybe going to have to go into a private tier mode, but he did not. Um, his year at JGR did not go well. Uh, he got injured at an off-season race, and it took him a full year. Uh, well, he took him to the pro a delayed pro motocross season to basically get into that, and his motocross season did not go well. Uh, he got very lucky to get this KTM ride. Uh, I think he was going to be on the Motor Concepts team. This is going to be his last chance. We'll see how it goes. He, When he was on his rookie season, he, his Cowboy season was good. I went to the Minneapolis race, his rookie season. He, he was leading probably for about 15 minutes when he had Webb, Roxen, and I, can't, I don't remember who else was on him. He was racing very, very well, and I was very impressed. Um, if he can get, if he can get back to that form, it would be very impressive, and I really really hope he does because he does have the talent there. He just has a little bit of a choke artist in him. I, I hate to say it, but he does. Uh, he probably should have won the championship uh, in 2017, uh, but he he didn't. It's up to him to actually get get it done. It's on him. Um, next up is the Rockstar Energy Husqvarna team. Uh, first up is the 2018 champion of Jason Anderson. Uh, it'll be the first year of his first of his new training program. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I, I think there are a lot of people that are making a big deal about that. We'll see if le uh, leading, leaving Alden Baker is a big deal or not. I always viewed him as the next best next best rider. We'll see if he does well. Um, it's going to take a lot of injuries. I view Roxen or Webb or AC or Tomac above him. That would take a lot of injuries to get to him before he would win the championship, but we could always see. Then we have Zach Osborne. Now, I understand a lot of people are going to elevate Zach Osborne because he won that Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championship. I am not going to elevate him that high in my eyes. It was very impressive impressive for him to win that Ch Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championship. I did not pick him, nor did I even have him close. But for Supercross, I have too many other riders that, I mean, he had a lot of close races last year or in the year before that where he, I thought, maybe he, he might win. But for the championship purposes, I have Tomac. Zacho is just getting up in age, and I think this is his bar. He reached the level where he's going to reach, and he's going to start coming downhill. You know, he is a little bit of a mentally where if something goes wrong, it's going to go backwards. 
And that's what's going to happen to him where at some point in the season, it's going to be rough for him and it's going to take him a while to come back. And he could start off hot. But at some point, the hotness is going to go down and it's going to be some rough patches. And he has a hard time getting out of those rough patches. And I just don't see that happening, him getting out of it. And finally, we have Dean Wilson. Uh, Everybody loves him. And I view him as a fringe, with this stack of a field, I have him as a fringe top 10 guy. Um, If Dean can get some close to top fives, I think he'll be good. I, I I don't see him as championship championship guy at all. I think as long as he gets close to the top ten and stays there, as for Dean, as always, as long as he stays healthy, uh, Dino has always has a hard time staying healthy, and as long as he does that, he will be fine. Then we have the gas gas company uh, gas gas manufacturer coming in. KTM bought that. They were in the MXGP series for the 2020 season. Well, for the 2021 Supercross series, they are coming in. Justin Barsha and that drama came in. Yamaha signed Barsha in their contract, but they kind of traded Nate Thrasher. Barsha went to Gas Gas. It'll be interesting to see if Barsha is any better. We all know the long history of Barsha having problems getting his Yamaha settings correct. Um, Salt Lake was a disaster for Justin Barsha. Uh, he was close to Cooper in points, and he won, obviously, round one and had the points lead for the first three rounds. Then Barsha lost it. Uh, Gas Gas, obviously, is close to being a KTM, and we all look at Cooper Webb and all the Jason Anderson and Marvin on how good they are. I honestly think Justin is who is who he, Justin is who he is. So I think he could possibly come out and win round one, but I don't think he's going to be a championship guy at this point. I think it's a little late. I would always thought though that it'd be cool to see him in the GP series, but he is at the point where he should just cash checks and move on. But we'll see. You, you never know. Then we have, for the last KTM, we have Team Tedder. Martin Davalos signed a two-year deal that put him in, like, almost 40 years old by the time he's done. So it, it will be a very, very interesting year for him. Um, he almost actually got a podium. I, I can't remember the race at the top of my head. Sorry. But, you know, if Tomac and Barsha didn't almost get there, it it he almost got the podium, and that would have been awesome. It's cool to see Martin in the 450 class finally. It'll be interesting to see how well he does. Hopefully he does well. Then we have the Monster Energy Star Yamaha Racing, where we have three riders. We have Dylan Ferrandez, the two-time West Coast Supercross champion for in the 250 class. Now, the deal is for Dylan is he's coming off COVID and then he also is coming off a broken hand. So we'll have to see how he does there. So he's not coming up in tip-top shape. He does have DV in his corner. So I think Dylan's going to have a struggling with the 450. I, I don't really see Star having a, like in the first year being able to get that Star Yamaha in tip-top shape. It's going to take a couple years and maybe Dylan wants to go to KTM after this. We'll see. Uh, I think Dylan maybe in a year or two will be the maybe fighting for championships, but that really depends upon 
how many guys leave the class since the class is so stacked. Aaron Plessinger, this is a make-or-break year. Uh, he revealed in a different podcast where he actually has a fourth year in his contract. It's up the Yamaha to pick that up. So this is going to be his make-or-break year. I, I really don't know what to say about him. He does have a GNCC future if he really wants it. Uh, Caleb Russell did retire in that class or in that series. So he does have a future in there, but it's not going to be as big as money. Uh, obviously, if you pay attention to him on Instagram, he does have another kid coming. So obviously, he kind of needs the money. And But he, that, but that's besides the point. But you kind of, you look at him and you kind of will say he wants to be successful. You know, uh, he has yet to complete a full series without being injury and that's kind of hard and then their surprise signing is malcolm stewart obviously something went wrong in moto concepts uh we'll never fully know what happened um but for malcolm he's a bigger guy he's gonna be liking the yamaha this is again another make or break season for him uh he finished very strong and very fast in the class last season he's one of the few riders that really improved in the salt lake city here is another case but it's going to be tough for him because the class is so stacked. Uh, he's going to have his whoop speed, but uh, hopefully the Yamaha improves on its starts. Uh, next up, we have Team Honda HRC. First up, let's go with Ken Roxon. Ken Roxon did not race the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Series. Uh, he elected to first for the birth of his child and then for his health. Obviously, we know that Salt Lake City did not go well for him. Uh, I guess he had shingles, and then he had with all the injuries and from the 2017 season and the 2018 season. Hopefully, you know, if Roxon's on, uh, he can ride as well or even better than Tomac. He does have that level, but it's, you know, a lot of it is track and setting settings dependent, so we'll see. There's always debate to see how long Roxon's going to last, and, you know, he has competition now. He has Chase Sexton here, Chase Sexton there now, so that's going to be a dynamic that he's really not used to. I think that he could win the championship. This he is one of my wild cards to win the championship, but it's going to be, depend on his health and where his head is at. Uh, but uh, you know where someone else's head is at is Chase Sexton, and his is getting better. His 450 outdoor season was great. I think he really impressed me. I, I I wasn't sure how well he was gonna do on the big bike uh, on outdoors, and he did amazing. He did way better than I thought he was ever going to do, and he he won the final round of the season. So we'll see. We'll roll with that. And then we next we have the Smart Top Bullfrog Spas Moto Concept Team. Vince Freezy is the first up here. He's the only only rider that's going to be on the 2021 team. He's um, because the limited limited amount of parts because of the pandemic. It'll be interesting to see him on the 2021 bike. Uh, he is good test rider, uh, and plus he gets good starts. Uh, Vince's riding has always gotten good. Um, ever since his beatdown yet from Weston Pike, he's always been tending to be. He hasn't been that bad, and a lot of riders haven't really been complaining about him anymore. So. He has improved in that matter. Benny Bloss is on the team. He had a really, really great uh, Salt Lake City. And then he went to the privateer route in the outdoor season. That did not go well. Uh, he had a lot of DNFs, a lot of bike problems. He tried really, really hard to make it work. He did land the Supercross-only deal. Now, the team did announce if the uh, riders are, play are riding well and the team is doing all right financially, 
They will do some outdoor races, so hopefully the team does. The more um, the more teams outdoors, the more healthy the series, so hopefully it does. And then um, Shane McElrath is the third rider on the team. Uh, you know, Shane was maybe going to do JGR or HGP Suzuki, um, but obviously JGR closed its door, so that was not going to happen. Uh, Shane, you know, Supercross only, he, he said in the podcast I heard, I can't remember which one, but he said he wasn't really up for Supercross only because he wanted more money, but he understands he's got to work hard to earn his pay, and for him, he's got to show his keep. And he is going to be in a stacked 450 class, so he's got to work really, really hard for this. So hopefully it goes well for him. And then finally, the fourth member of the team that was added late was Brock Tickle. Um, I'm actually surprised that Brock got this deal. Obviously, Brock was suspended for two years because of the testing positive for a banned substance. Now, I'm not going to go into that because that was all rants on different podcasts, but... The reason why he got spotted on the team, because Justin Hill didn't sign his contract, I really don't understand what Justin Hill's doing. Justin Hill had a good team. I guess he wants to be on the team with his brother. We'll see how that goes. I don't I don't think that's going to go well, but we'll see. Um, for Brock Tickle, this is probably going to be one of his last few deals. He is getting up there in age. It's good to see him get at least one more deal. He was on Yamaha for the outdoors. So, and JGR for the, I believe, for Supercross. So, good for him. And then we have the Muckoff Honda team. That was the Penrite team, but uh, they lost sponsorship mostly because I was. this is an Australian team. And um, a lot of the Australian riders are not coming over due to covid so this is, like I said, Justin Braden is going to be riding for this team. So uh, Justin Braden is the Australian Supercross champion. That series did not ride this year. Sounds like they're going to pick it up next year. Hopefully the series picks it up. It is cool to watch online. Um, as I said before, the JJR team went offline. Uh, sponsorship issues and then Suzuki. It's embarrassing that Suzuki, you know, I understand that they are vastly having great success in the Modu GP series, but it'd be wonderful if you actually spent some money in the dirt bike world, but that's their choice. So, but they did spend money in the HEP Twisted T team. Uh, Max Anstey, who was injured for last year's Supercross season, is going to be the star rider for that team. I don't know how it's going to go. Didn't go well in his 250 stint here years ago when he was here. That's why he went to the GP series. I saw an Instagram video today. He looked all right. So we should see. Um, Seven Deuce Deuce is on the team. He's always been a fringe main event guy. It's going to be extremely hard for him to make the team until there's some injuries. I can't see him making the... I realistically cannot see him making a main event until mid part of the season maybe towards the end i i can't see it and then brandon hartraft is on the team same with him even though he's an extremely talented rider i honestly cannot see him making a main event until halfway through the season um then we have the sgb maxis bavitz kawasaki team we have alex ray justin robel jeremy smith and aj cantanzaro alex ray is gonna be fringe main event guy it's realistically he's probably the only guy that's gonna make a main event and on this team 
the only he's always going to be a fringe twenty like twenty second main event guy. It's always going to be based upon his starts. Um, if he start if he crashes at the beginning, he's screwed. But if he can start, if he gets a good start, he's going to make the main event usually. Justin Rodbell, you know, he he's a great outdoor guy. I don't know how well the Supercross is going to go for him. Cannizzaro, same thing. Going to be unless there's injuries going to happen. I don't see him making the main. Jeremy Smith, I, unless he's going to be on 250, it says he's going to be in a 450 class. I don't see him making a main. Kate Clayson and Josh Cartwright are going to be on the PRMX Kawasaki 450 team. Unless there are injuries, I don't see them making a 450 team. And then we have a couple other class. Baba Pauly, John Cross, Lord Carnell. They're going to be an independent team. I, I, unless there are in, your injuries, I, I just don't see them making... Uh, for the privateers this year, because the 450 team, uh, there's got to be injuries. Hopefully there are. Now we move on to the some of the 250 teams. Um, obviously, since we don't know the coasts yet, it's going to be hard to see how they're going to be. But for the Red Bull KTM team, it will be Maximus Volant. There's always some questions about him on how he's going to do. A lot of people were watching him at the uh, some of the amateur events and... Some some people thought he was cherry picking in the 125 class. I don't know. We'll see. He did add an extra year on his contract because he was expecting not to start until he uh, the outdoors this year. But uh, the team extended his contract for one more year. Um, for the uh, KTM Canada team, Jess Pettis is actually the one rider we do know is he's going to be in Houston. It's good to see Jess, Jess Pettis back. Uh, he missed last season due to an injury. Uh, he won the uh, 2020 Canadian 250 title. It's great to see him back. He's a great rider. He finished in the top 10 of points and finished multiple top 10s in the uh, 2019 season when he raced the West Coast 250 class. So it's great to see him back for the Husqvarna team, Hampshire, Swall, and Styles Robinson. For Hampshire, this is going to be a, a make or break year, make or break year for him, depending upon which coast he rides. For Julie Swall, he's got to do a lot better than what he did the previous year. I, I have there's another rider which there's just no flash for him. Styles Robinson, I need flash because I got nothing there. For the Troy Lee's Designs Red Gas Gas Team, Red Bull Gas Gas Team, I got Pierce Brown. Uh, for Pierce, he had a great Supercross season. Um, for outdoors, he had nothing for me. Uh, Michael Moseman, for Supercross season last year, I saw lots lots of flashes. For outdoors, he got hurt, so I didn't really see much for him. Um, for the Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki, we have my championship pick, and that's Austin Forkner, as long as he stays healthy. That's always been a problem for Forkner, where he should have probably won the last two Supercross championships, but injuries have kind of plagued him. I think he would have beaten Ferrandis if he didn't make a couple of crashing errors. Uh, we have Jordan Smith, where I just think he's just filling up a spot. I think Cameron McIndoo could have maybe a top three or a runner-up finish, but I don't see a championship for him. We have the rookie, Seth Hamaker, making uh, his debut. Um, he does have uh, mono or the, uh, I'm having a brain fart on what the other thing is, 
but if he is um, healthy enough to race, he'll race. He'll probably do the West Coast, even though West Coast is not West this year. And then we have Joe Shimoda. Joe Shimoda. He is a uh, monster. Pro, sorry, Pro Circuit actually picked up a fifth rider this year. For Joe Shimoda, it'll be interesting to see if he does anything this year. He didn't show much flash in Geico Honda, even though he got third in points. But hopefully he does well. Then we have the Monster Energy Star Yamaha. Jeremy Martin resigned with the team, even though his final season with the team did not not go well. But he did have a close battle with Dylan Ferrandez, and he wants to be on the championship bike. I don't think he has a good enough chance to win the Supercross championship, but he will win the Outdoor Championship. He probably does have a good chance of being on the 450 team the following year, which he wants to be. Uh, Justin Cooper, I think he will win the opposite. You know, I originally didn't think that a Star Yamaha will win a Supercross championship, but that, then I remembered Justin Cooper, and I think Justin Cooper will win the opposite coast if he is on the opposite coast of Austin Forkner. Then we have Christian Craig, who is, I think he will just fall short if he is on the coast with Forkner. Then we have Colt Nichols. Colt Nichols is a solid rider. I just don't think he has the speed of Forkner. And then we have the two rookies of Jarrett Fry and Nate Thrasher. I think Nate Thrasher has shown some speed more than Jarrett Fry. And then we have Hunter Lawrence for Team HRC uh, since Geico Geico Honda folded. Team Honda HRC is taking up the slack of it. For Hunter Lawrence, the big thing for him is to continue to get Supercross experience uh, and not crash and get the outdoors. And and the thing is, don't do the Thomas Covington and don't get mentally worn down. Just keep building. Uh, For Jet Lawrence, you know what? He, I think Forkner will edge him out this year. And I think next year is where Jet Lawrence will start winning his championships and then he'll go on to win two so he'll win the 2022 and 2023 and then he will make his 450 debut in 2024 phoenix honda racing they got more support obviously because of geico honda shutting down they will have kyle peters josh osby enzo lopes and mason gonzalez mason just got he got injured so they'll have the other three the FXR Chapriel Honda team, the Michael Lindsay's team will have Cody Shock and Carson Mumford. For Carson Mumford, I hope he shows some flash this year. Uh, the Muckyuck Honda team will have, for 250Ys, will have Mitchell Oldenburg and Mitchell Harrison. Mitchell Harrison filled in for Pro Circuit in the outdoor season. He actually did show some flashes. So I hope you do well. And then uh, Alex Martin will be on Rock River Yamaha. Club MX will be Garrett Marksbanks, Jace Owen, Joey Crown, AGE Motorsports Gas Gas. They are switching from uh, for, to Gas Gas from Husqvarna. Will be Chris Blos, Mitchell Falk, and Derek Kelly. SJB Max's Babbitt Kawasaki will be Jordan Jarvis. She will be trying to make a main in the 250 class, or at least make a night show. The PRMX Kawasaki team will be Dakota Alex, Justin Thomas, Devin Simonson, Luke Ness, and Ryan Salat. The Team Solitaire Nuclear Bass Yamaha team will be Robbie Wangeman and um, Hardy Munoz. The Tyloob Honda team will be Jordan Bailey and Grant Harlan. 
The Barak Suzuki team will be Dylan Schwartz and Derek Drake. And then the JMC Motorsports team will be Carson Brown and Martin Costello. So that is the 2021 Monster Energy Supercross preview. Again, I have so far my championship picks, depending on coasts, um, will be Austin Forkner, Justin Cooper, and then the 450 class will be uh, Eli Tomek. That's my first podcast I ever did. Hope it sounded pretty good. Thanks for listening.